This is Radio Influence. Well, we have reached it. Here we go. The pinnacle, the holy grail of college basketball. It is Final Four weekend in Phoenix. Actually, Glendale, Arizona, University of Phoenix Stadium, which doesn't actually have a football team or a basketball team, but they do have the name on the football stadium. And we are ready to see what Gonzaga and South Carolina and Oregon and North Carolina can bring to the table. Who had that Final Four? Apparently a select few uh, did in some of these brackets and these online contests, either that or it was the bots with algorithm programs that spit out South Carolina and Oregon and Gonzaga in a Final Four with the North Carolina Tar Heels. But anyway, we're here to make heads or tails of it. Make some underdog predictions if there are any for semifinal Saturday. Make a national championship prediction as well. It is Three Dog Thursday, the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs uh, week in and week out. I'm the host, T.J. Reeves. He is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Love this man's insight. Congrats to you and I, by the way, Kevin, as we welcome you in. First of all, happy Final Four week as we build up to the semifinals of the championship game. Are you getting pumped? Are you getting amped about these matchups? You know, at least the good thing is you get some different teams in this. You know, I personally, I get tired of seeing a Kentucky Duke, you know, the same teams over and over again. We're really... The only uh, the only old guard here is North Carolina. Past that, Gonzaga, for as great as they've been under Mark Few, have never been to the Final Four. We know Oregon hasn't gone in years. South Carolina, they hadn't won a tournament game for the longest time before they went on their incredible run. So it's nice to see some different teams. And the good thing, too, is there are no underdogs here, really. That South Carolina's a quality team. Gonzaga's a one seed. Oregon is an excellent team. That We're not seeing you know, a mid-major, and Gonzaga really isn't a mid-major. They're a really good team that plays in a mid-major conference. So I think that's the good thing is that at least we're seeing some fresh blood here. Then you get North Carolina. So it it should be pretty interesting this this weekend. It should be. Congratulations to both of us because we made it through again on Three Dog Thursday. My friend, we have been rolling since February began on this show. We both had West Virginia – which very nearly shocked Gonzaga going back to last Thursday night. Couldn't hold the lead, couldn't make the last second shot, still got the cover, uh, though, late in that game with, uh, with the Bulldogs. And we also had Wisconsin and the wild Friday night loss to the Gators by one on the Chris Chioza miracle running three at Madison Square Garden. We still got the, we got the Mountaineers, we got the Badgers, we had two more wins between the two of us on Three Dog Thursday, so nice job. And that, that kind of morphs us now into what we're going to do with the predictions here. Before we get to those, uh, I have a couple of thoughts off the Elite Eight games last weekend. What do you want to say about whether the, the Kentucky-North Carolina tremendous finish with Carolina winning in the final seconds, the Oregon upset of Kansas essentially in a home-away-from-home game in Kansas City? As you made reference, Gonzaga uh, clinches their first-ever Final Four bid as a one-seed beating Xavier. Or how about South Carolina finishing off Florida and finishing off and, and a very unlikely, improbable run to the Final Four. What stood out out of all of that? Give me something that stood out from last weekend real quick. It's got to be South Carolina. It really does. And, you know, being down seven at the half to Florida, those two teams are very familiar with each other. They split a pair of meetings earlier this year in SEC play. And, you know, you kind of figure, okay, South Carolina's run is going to end, and yet they didn't quit. And for, you know, for all of the – uh, you, know, you know, for everything that Frank Martin gets, that he has definitely cooled down since being at Kansas State, and and me being from Miami, I know that he was a legendary coach at Miami High down here. 
before he ended up going to the college ranks. But for them to just do this, where South Carolina is a football school, they're not known for basketball at all, to beat Duke and to beat Baylor and to beat Florida, that's very impressive what they did. Even if they got destroyed by Gonzaga in the Final Four, still for them to get to this point in the turnaround that they've had, we were talking before the tournament that was South Carolina even get in. We thought they were a marginal bubble team. They should get in. We're not really sure. They weren't a lot to get in. And now they're two wins away from winning the national championship. It's just that's by far the biggest story. And no disrespect to Gonzaga, but, uh, you know, we've just seen them so many times. They finally got over the hump to get to the Final Four. And Oregon's really good. They were in the Elite Eight last year. We know about Carolina, but for South Carolina, yep. it's just an amazing story they've gotten to this point. I agree with that. And uh, they, they have found they found something in the second half in Greenville in the round of 32 game with Duke. They grasped it, and they have held on to it and clutched it, and they've now ridden it all the way out to the Valley of the Sun out to the desert uh, for this upcoming matchup with Gonzaga. I'm going to go Oregon Ducks just from this standpoint. They were the only team on Elite Eight weekend that, as I made reference to, was essentially playing a road game. It was a home away from home game in Kansas City about 20, 25 minutes from the Lawrence campus. And that place was ready to blow the roof off for the Jayhawks, and the Ducks never let them. They, they outplayed them basically for the entire 40 minutes. I know Josh Jackson battled some foul trouble early on. The crowd, though, was not a factor until very late in the game. Kansas trying to make a comeback. Oregon hit their shots. They showed poise. Now, as you mentioned, they've been here before. They were an Elite Eight team a year ago with a lot of the same players back. That just stood out to me. I know it was a phenomenal finish with North Carolina and Kentucky. I know Gonzaga deserves all the props, but Oregon winning in that scenario, it's not like North Carolina won in Louisville. It's not like Gonzaga uh, won that matchup with Xavier in Cincinnati. Uh, It's not like South Carolina had to beat Florida in Orlando to win it. Oregon had to do that in Kansas City. That just stood out to me real quick. Uh, Kevin, it says something for the Ducks, being able to make it to Phoenix. It, it definitely does. And just to flip it around for one second, what's the discussion now on Bill Self? That we know what he's done with the Kansas Jayhawks, that they're top of the Big 12 every single year, but only one national championship, and that was because Memphis missed all those free throws at <sighs> the end. You don't have to remind me. You don't have to remind me. Keep going. You know that. You were, you know that. And Derrick Rose was probably ineligible anyway, but that's beside the point. But uh, when you look at Kansas over the years, then I just feel like they're a great regular season team. And that I know that's a crapshoot getting to the tournament, but I feel like every year that, that Kansas, just, yeah. they find a way to fall short. Well, I think what I, I I think where I come down in this uh, political day and age, I don't think you rip him as being incompetent. You can't be incompetent if you win the Big Twelve thirteen years in a row. You're a number one seed. He's now been a number one seed seven times. Now six of the seven he hasn't advanced to the Final Four. This was the sixth time they didn't get there. But as you mentioned, he won a national title. He's been in three three other Final Fours. So uh, you can't sit and say that he deserves to be fired, but is he above criticism? Absolutely not. No, There no, are question on. marks. Right, right. I don't think he should be fired. I don't think, no, no, no. I never say he should be fired, but at the same time, it goes back to which side of the argument are you on? Because look at Bayheim for all those years. He didn't win until he had Carmelo in 03. Yeah. And we saw Lute Olsen for years didn't win that. Do you say, you know, is this just a crapshoot getting into the tournament that you get one bad matchup, you have one bad game? Losing to Oregon, there's no 
there's definitely no apologies for losing to Oregon. Yeah. I mean, granted, you did almost have a home game in a sense at the Sprint Center. But, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, how far does it go to win all these regular season games, all these conference championships, but you don't have a lot of championships to show for it overall. Let me give you this analogy. Where does it go? See what you like about this. There are some guys in coaching, pros in college, that are excellent regular season coaches. Andy Reid would be in that category in the NFL, right? We would agree. Eagles, Chiefs, and he's won some playoff games. But he's primarily a successful regular season coach, and his teams tend to flame out in the postseason. Bobby Cox was that way with the Atlanta Braves. You know this, Kevin, for years. And Braves fans were just, they were maddened by great regular seasons could never do anything in the short series in the postseason in the world series uh, you go to football john cooper at ohio state could win his nine games every year in the regular season couldn't beat michigan couldn't couldn't beat the big one you go on you mentioned you mentioned Bayheim that you know there have been some other college basketball coaches that have had great regular season success put them in the tournament in the one game scenario they're not the same I don't know, again, with a guy that's won a national title, and here's another footnote. Bill Self may go into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend, the the National Basketball Hall of Fame. He may get elected this weekend. How do you have a guy in the Hall of Fame, and we're saying he's not a very good tournament coach, but it may be about to happen. But again, I'll just come back to, he's not above criticism here, and that's what you're saying too. He should, and the Jayhawks should be held to a standard that if you're a one seed seven times and you only make one Final Four, People should be entitled to say, what the heck is going on with that? Yeah, and also, the one thing I will give Bill Self, which is an impressive feat, he's taken three different schools to the Elite Eight. Did it with Tulsa, with Illinois, with Kansas. That's a great feat. I'm just saying it gets to a point where you know you have this handful of schools, Kentucky and North Carolina and Duke and Kansas. I guess like Connecticut is now knocked out of that the last few years, and maybe even Arizona. That's another argument with Sean Miller not getting in the final four. Forget about him. And even like in Indiana, we know they've fallen off. But, you know, you would think that you would mix in a couple more with all of your success that maybe you could win those four games to get to the final four. Now, granted, you get to the final four and you lose, okay. But I just feel like they've fallen short of even that a lot more than they should have. There you go. Voice of Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. TJ Reeves with you. I love this debate uh, back and forth uh, about coaches. And, and uh, look, I mean, they make three, four, five, six million dollars a year. They all want to jump around, as we've joked uh, and you've ranted about, uh, and rightfully so, to other jobs and make more money. They can't be above reproach and above criticism if they fail to achieve. Remember, Roy Williams had this tag on him for a long time, Kevin, until he got to North Carolina, got them back in the Final Four, won a national title in 05, won again in 09. Uh, again, he's a Hall of Famer, so uh, and they're back in the Final Four yet again for the 20th time, but they, they can't be abru- above criticism. I think we agree uh, on that. All right, so back to these matchups on Saturday. We are charged on Three Dog Thursday with looking at the underdogs. Again, we have no way of knowing at the time that we're taping what the national title game matchup is, although I will say in our final segment, Kevin and I will each make a championship winner prediction Uh, when it's all said and done. But if you look at both of these matchups, the first one on the floor will be Gonzaga and the South Carolina Gamecocks. The second one will be North Carolina and those Oregon Ducks. Do you like either one of the underdogs here on Three Dog Thursday? What do you think, sir? You go first. You know what? you got to ride momentum here. And South Carolina is a team that can pretty much hang with anybody, I believe. And I'll tell you one thing. Mr. Reeves. Yes, please. That the last three national champions have one thing in common. You know what that is? Let's see. All three of them 
covered all six of their games in the tournament. Wow. Right? Wow. Yes. Villanova did it last year. Okay. Connecticut did it a few years ago, and Duke did it when they beat Wisconsin. Yep. So basically the point is South Carolina is the only team left that has covered every single game. Gonzaga hasn't done it. North Carolina hasn't done it. And Oregon, I believe, has a push. Uh, that would have been so, the Rhode Island game, right? That they barely won when they were the three in Oregon and then Rhode Island was the 11. That's probably the push. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so South Carolina is the only team that's covered every game. And, again, it, should, it could be just a coincidence, whatever you want to say. But but this team has got a lot of momentum. I'm not saying Gonzaga doesn't have momentum. Everybody does have it at this point. And for Gonzaga, yes, they've stayed out west the whole time, being a one seed. Where South Carolina, in all in all essence, they only had one road trip was going to New York because they played in Greenville the first two games. <laughs> so they really had no travel there. So now you're going from New York, go back home for a little bit. You go out to Phoenix, and I just think that this team has got uh, they, they've got it going right now, and they've beaten a lot of quality competition. South Carolina has not gotten to this point by by facing 11 seeds or facing That's teams right. that, you know, so they, they, they beat to your point been, to beat your, to the, to beat the two, the three and the four to get there. It gets no more difficult than that. When you are in that instance, the seven seed, they beat the two Duke. They beat the three Baylor. They beat the four Florida. I mean, that, that is saying something. And Sindarius Thornwell is now a national known name. Uh, th- that guy can play. And that, and that guy's going to give Gonzaga some problems. They're going to have to find a way to neutralize him. So I don't I don't disagree that South Carolina, you know, they've they've got a real puncher's chance in this. They guard, they are long, they rebound. They have found something. Uh, Kevin Rogers, that second half with Duke, they have found something. Let's see if it uh, if it does continue. All right, so I'm going to stay away from that one. I favor Gonzaga with the with the veteran players, including Nigel Williams, Goss, the former Washington player that's a transfer, Jordan Matthews. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Williams and also um, uh, the big fella in the middle, Karnowski, the the Polish left-hander is a big body. I just think veteran crew there might get them. I like Oregon against North Carolina much more so. Uh, just from the standpoint, it's not just Dylan Brooks, the Pac-12 player of the year. I like Tyler Dorsey shooting it. I, uh, Jordan Bell came on with the huge game against Kansas with the eight block shots. They're not the deepest team, but I, I think Carolina with the Joel Berry, the guard, the injury, they don't have great ball handlers. I think Oregon's going to give them trouble guarding them. I, I think Oregon can run with them if North Carolina wants to play 94 feet. I think the Oregon Ducks win this game outright with the North Carolina Tar Heels here. I know you're not taking Oregon, but size up that second semifinal on Saturday real quick. I mean, obviously, you look at, at this Oregon team and what they've done all year under Dana Altman, who's one of the more underrated coaches, I think, in college basketball. And to really put, you know, we talk about South Carolina being a football school, Oregon, a major football school where, you know, basketball, you don't really think of them as much. But over the past, I would say, like decade or so, they, they've really been on the map for basketball. That, you know, North Carolina, they've had some close calls so far with Kentucky, with Arkansas. And now you get an Oregon team that uh, we know can score. And I think that Oregon, even though I didn't take them, you know, for, for our discussion, I don't, I don't see why – I don't really think there's any upsets in this tournament. I really don't. I think if South Carolina wins or Oregon wins, I don't think that's a shocker to anybody because these are all really good teams at this point. What I wonder with Oregon is can you keep up that momentum from the Kansas game? Can yeah. you do that after basically, like you said, winning a road game 
And now at least I get to go up back out to the West Coast. But can you keep that up? And that's always what I wonder. And we talked about it last week with Wisconsin against Villanova. And, you know, they ended up losing at the buzzer of Florida. That can you keep that up? after a bit of a layoff. so But again, I don't think that there's any crazy upsets in this tournament when it's all said and done. And especially to your point, Oregon was the second-place team in the Pac-12. They made the Pac-12 title game. They, they were seated third. And if Boucher, the outstanding shot blocker rebounder, doesn't tear his ACL, they may have been seated second on the two line. So, yeah, I agree with you. Is it truly an upset? The Vegas insider line says that that's, a, what, a five-point line at the time we're talking as Oregon the underdog. So I will take them as the underdog because I believe they're going to win the game. I believe they'll go toe-to-toe with North Carolina and find a way to win. All right, are you ready to give me in our next segment a national champion when this is all said and done for Monday night to cut the nets down? Are you ready to do that, Kevin Rogers, in our next segment? Yes. We, yes. are, we are angling for this. So Kevin, Kevin has South Carolina in the title game. I've got Oregon in the title game. Let's discuss... Uh, what we think about the championship game. It's a special uh, capper to the end of the college basketball season. Final Four edition of Three Dog Thursday. We will continue. Stay with us. Ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a new online video communication service called Talk to Legends. And from now through the Final Four, we've got a great offer. We've got former college basketball stars and coaches ready to talk all the madness with you. And Talk to Legends has just done a deal with the Basketball Hall of Fame and your favorite professional legends are waiting too. You simply need to go to TalkToLegends.com. Registering takes less than five minutes for either your iPhone or Android app and then you'll save 20% on your video conversation with your legend. You'll be connected with hundreds of former athletes from all sports which also include the NFL, MLB, the Olympics, MMA and much more. And you can schedule a video conversation with them now through TalkToLegends.com. And again, by signing up on this site all March long through the Final Four weekend, you'll save 20% on your conversations with Talk to Legends by going to TalkToLegends.com. It's time for you to Talk to Legends. 13 seconds. Here comes Briscoe. Briscoe veering right. Hands off to Mock. Turns. Fires the three. Good! The game is tied. Seven seconds to go. Here comes Pinson down the center of the floor. Pinson penetrates. Hands to May. 18-footer. Good! With three-tenths of a second to go, North Carolina leads. Oh, my Lord. What a finish where Kentucky had tied the game, and that is... The winning shot from Luke May, a former walk-on from North Carolina. He's now a legend. He'll never have to buy a meal in Chapel Hill or in the Raleigh-Durham area for the next 25, maybe maybe the rest of his life, next 25 years or more after that shot. That call courtesy of Westwood One and their exclusive coverage nationally of the NCAA Men's Division One Championship Tournament, better known as the Final Four, going this weekend as North Carolina defeated Kentucky. We didn't spend a lot of time on that game in the first segment as I bring Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, Vegas Insider.com back in. I'm TJ Reeves. It is Three Dog Thursday. Epic, epic Elite Eight game. I mean, we had a couple of that. Wisconsin-Florida game will be remembered for a long time. Sweet 16 game. What a finish, Kentucky-North Carolina, because who was playing? What was at stake? And you talk about dramatic 180 uh, runs of emotion. Kentucky elated to tie the game, and then six seconds later, your season's over with. Boom. Yeah, and it's got to hurt for Kentucky, and, and granted, you know, this isn't the Kentucky team that a few years ago was looking to go 40-0 and or whatever the record would have been, and they end up losing in the semifinals to Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, even for John Calipari, 
and again, you're not going to read John Calipari in Kentucky. The only way he would he would be gone is if he took an NBA job. He's not going to another college. But I mean, even look at Kentucky, and and they've fallen short uh, with some good teams. Uh, you know, falling short of the Final Four. And I get losing North Carolina again. There's no problem with that. But you know, again, and, and we could talk about this all day long. But you wonder, like, when you get to this point, is it just you are you just forgiven because you're playing really good teams, or should you take more responsibility for it? He should have taken time out after the made basket because Carolina's forte for years has been throw it in before you're ready, race up the floor before you're ready, and score. I mean, my nine, my almost nine year old twins know that. My twin girls from watching North Carolina play, this is what they do. And you got timeouts in your pocket. You make the shot, you take the timeout. You make them have to wait. You set up your defense. You discuss which shooters you're going to guard on the, on the, on the wing. I mean, that's going to haunt them for a little while here in the offseason. I know Calipari's guys are all going to go to the NBA, three or four of them. But uh, it's haunting that he did not take the timeout there in that instance and, and give North Carolina credit. With Joel Berry injured, it was Pinson, the backup guard, who finds Luke May. Unlikely, to say the least, to take a clutch shot like this and, and put them in. So you have taken South Carolina as an underdog. I have taken Oregon to outright beat North Carolina. I'll let you go first. If we're looking ahead to the Monday championship game, are you going to go all the way, Gamecocks, for a national title? Or what, what do you think about title game Monday night here on Three Dog Thursday? Who wins it? I'm going to go with Carolina. It pains North you. Carolina. It pains you. North, I was going to say it pains North, you to say North Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go with them after they lost last year to Villanova at the buzzer. And I don't, is it about is it their time or what? But uh, I think that North Carolina finishes finishes it off this year and they win the national title. Uh, you know, again, Villanova was a team that last year totally loaded and you saw them losing in the second round this year, which was amazing to Wisconsin. But uh, I don't know if I really think that Gonzaga, you know, if they could grab two more wins, I mean, for Gonzaga, they beat a Xavier team that knocked off Arizona. So they were able to catch them. They beat West Virginia who, I mean, in all essence, was what the, the third best team maybe in the big 12 that now you're facing. And again, you're facing South Carolina, who you could say is the third best team in the, in the sec, but then you're going to face probably the best team in the ACC. If, if, if both the chalk win mm-hmm. on Saturday. So I'm, I'm going to take the Tar Heels and, right. and say that they'll, uh, They'll capture the title after last year's disappointment. A third championship for Roy Williams. And uh, look, you you say something about legacy that you keep wondering, is he going to retire? He's in the Hall of Fame. There was a lot of talk last year at the Final Four uh, when I was there doing uh, coverage for TuneIn Radio about whether Roy was going to be retiring or not. If they win it all, that might very well be the case. Again, you and I disagree in that I believe Oregon will be in that title game and will beat North Carolina. So does Roy come back off a loss? It is unfinished business for six of those Tar Heels. Six of the guys on this current roster, not all of them start and play, were on the team a year ago as all of that unfolded in Houston and Chris Jenkins hit the winning shot. So we'll see about North Carolina. I think when it is said and done, I believe you're going to see the Gonzaga Bulldogs as your national champs. And again, I I like them against South Carolina in what I think will be a close competitive game. The veteran play... The fact that they have multiple guys that can score. I think Oregon has done amazing things without a deep team. 
I think it will finally get to. They look like a very fatigued team at times in that Michigan game in the Sweet 16. And they may, even if they beat Carolina, they may look like a fatigued team and get beaten decisively by Gonzaga on Monday night. I think we're looking at Mark Few and the ultimate mid-major holding up the trophy. We've had mid-majors in the title game with Butler previously. We've had them with VCU and George Mason in the Final Four. I think Gonzaga gets there, Kevin Rogers. I think they're going to win the national championship when it's all said and done come come Monday night. The the veteran players, the fifth-year transfers, he's a veteran coach with Exing and Owing. They play tremendous defense. I think it's the Zags when it's all said and done. They're going to cut the nets down. They're going to celebrate in Spokane, Washington, like there's uh, uh, like there's no 2017. We're just gonna we're just gonna party on for the rest of the year, probably maybe for the rest of the decade uh, in that part of the world if they're able uh, if they're able to get this. All right, so there we go. There's our predictions for the title game. One thing we can say to the audience is if they want all kinds of great information on this Final Four, and you already gave us a great nugget about South Carolina following the trend of the last three national champions who covered every one of their NCAA tournament games, they can find out more information like that. Obviously at VegasInsider.com, right, Kevin? Absolutely, and you can check out our, break, our uh, bracket breakdown, which is now coming towards the end, which is three games remaining, and also uh, in every preview that we have for not only Saturday, but also for Monday's championship game. And even though college basketball is going to be over in a few days, don't worry about it. Because the NBA is mm-hmm. rolling towards the playoffs and Major League Baseball is coming. It's here on Sunday night, so the marathon of baseball will begin. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff going on here, even though, you know, the summertime, it slows down a bit. But uh, we'll have plenty of previews for football coming up throughout the summertime. And uh, it's just a good time of year now. Now you can kind of take a, take a little bit off and relax before you recharge for football coming up in the fall you can check it out all the time we're open every day every minute of the day vegasinsider.com and again uh kevin does a great job as a senior handicapper there you can read his stuff as well he's done a fantastic job once again throughout the football season and now in the college basketball season with three dog thursday you can follow vegas insider at twit vi you can follow kevin at vi rogers throughout the weekend again we've been on a roll picking underdogs Throughout this NCAA tournament, really going all the way back to February, Kevin likes the South Carolina Gamecocks to be in the title game Monday night. We'll find out if that's the case. I like the Oregon Ducks as the underdog to knock off North Carolina. Again, Kevin likes Carolina to win. Uh, North Carolina, we're talking about the national championship, UNC, the Tar Heels. I like Gonzaga when it's all said and done. Are you going to get misty-eyed on me here that we're done again for another season's plural of Three Dog Thursday? The 2016-17 football and college basketball season is over. We're going to go on hiatus again now that this NCAA tournament has played out with the Final Four and come back in the fall. Are you all right? Are you going to hold it together? Are you okay? Are you going to get emotional on me here? We might see tears from Roy Williams this weekend if they don't win. Are we going to we got a tear in the eye on Kevin Rogers? Are you good? you composed? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to... Uh... You know, things slowing down a bit, but of course, you know, when we get back to September with college and the NFL, it should be another fun season. And uh, what is this now, our third year together? That's that correct. We've been uh, doing the show. We've been knocking this out for three seasons. You put up with yeah. me that long and haven't asked for a divorce. I'm thrilled about that, Kevin. And if and if you'll if you'll let me, I'll keep bothering you this fall for Three Dog Thursday. Yeah, we'll definitely continue it in the fall, and I just hope to uh, get more winners. That's all we can do, and it's it's a lot of fun every single week. And now. 
you know, we take a little bit of a break, but uh, we'll be back in due time for football. There we go. And Kevin gets to spend more time with the little guy, a uh, new baby for he and Mrs. Rogers, in, right in time for March Madness. His first Final Four is coming this weekend. You get to watch it with the little guy there kind of in your lap, on your leg, holding him, burping him, feeding him, changing him uh, for the Final Four and telling him about it. And maybe you'll be telling him about the Gonzaga Bulldogs, first ever title. How about Oregon has not been in the Final Four since 1939. South Carolina's never been. Gonzaga's never been. It will not be dull that's for sure kevin great job you have uh you've been great with all the info the insight i always appreciate it and we look forward to talking with you again when the fall gets here for college and nfl football and three dog thursday thank you sir absolutely thank you so much tj and we thank you for listening you can follow this show all the time on twitter at three dog thursday the website is three dog thursday.com i'm tj reeves for kevin rogers for our friends at radioinfluence.com jason floyd jerry petuck their organization helping us out housing this show on radioinfluence.com you may be hearing us on stitcher or on itunes subscribe to this show those two ways you can hear it that way rate the show promote the show through stitcher and itunes we'll come back in the fall again with new additions of Three Dog Thursday. For now, enjoy the Final Four. I'm headed to Phoenix once again to do pre- and post-game coverage on TuneIn Radio. That'll do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy that Final Four. We'll talk to you in the fall. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Bye. Here is Kevin Kennedy and Rich Herrera with an Inside the Dugout Quick Fix. Jim Leland, Hall of Famer in your book before or Hall of Famer in your book after winning the WBC? Well, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know that uh, the WBC will even be uh, an issue as far as voting for Jim Leland, but I, I think he's a Hall of Fame manager. He, he won a championship, of course, with the Marlins when the, he was in uh, Florida as a wild card team. He's been to the World Series uh, other times besides that with Detroit especially and, and, go, and had some you know really good teams, and he's been – a manager back in his days with Pittsburgh where he didn't have great teams. And so his win-loss record may not be as good as some of the other uh, great managers. And he hasn't won, you know, three world championships uh, like a Joe Torre or a Tony La Russa. But I think he, for a lot of reasons, besides the win-loss record, he's number two, I believe, in wins behind Bruce Bochy right now, uh, is what they said that um, in watching uh, some of this WBC, I'd have to double check that, but he's right up there. A lot of wins, a long career, uh, but I think he's a Hall of Fame manager. The motivation uh, has always been there. The way he's treated players and respects the game has always been there. You you heard, if you watched the game or maybe you listened on radio, fans out there hearing our podcast, that his he wanted to answer one question, and it was not about him. It's never been about him. It was about really the team, and then really the uh, men and women serving our country the servicemen and women serving our country and he said it uh, right after the game and he also with uh, Greg Amsinger and he also said it on the podium and that's really all he said he didn't really want any other questions besides uh, representing USA and respecting our our service people inside the dugout with Kevin Kennedy and Rich Herrera can be found on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn Radio and radioinfluence.com